Welcome one and all to episode 68 of the Scum and Villainy Podcast, a weekly Star Wars podcast where we break down the latest and greatest in Star Wars news. I am your host, Garrett McDowell, and in my co-pilot seat, it's Noah DeGeorge. Uh, is it me? No, it's me. I'm pretty sure it's still me. <laughs> Just got to switch guys. it up, you know? You got you, you, you can't, you got to keep it on your toes. Well, I mean, after 68 episodes, you know. That's right. You don't want it to get stale, you know? Right. Can't, Ver- I can only talk about the weather so much. Variety is the spice of, of any podcast as it's, as it's known, you know, so. That is what they say. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know what? It's. A, I'm gonna be honest with you. It's a. It's a. Uh, it's a pretty slow news week. It's uh, not a lot yeah. of stuff going on in the in the galaxy far, far away. We definitely do have some things that we're going to be talking about today, uh, but I think most of our episode is really going to be kind of our, our main conversation that we end the episode with. So, uh, Noah, this week we've got some news, uh, some some new quotes, some new tidbits, a new interview from Dave Filoni and John Favreau, uh, featured on Entertainment Weekly. Uh, we've also got some uh, updates, short be on the way for lego star wars the skywalker saga uh, and last but not least you and i are just going to talk about what we uh, hope to see would like to see uh, and kind of expect to see from our star wars video games uh, kind of a, a branching conversation from a couple of different game news that we've got kind of uh, expecting to see on our way but noah since it is such a slow news week i i you know usually uh, we've talked before i usually head to star wars newsnet they're kind of the the the, the game in town uh, yeah, as far as the yeah. the aggregators of our star wars news they do such a great job over there um and uh i was flipping through made it to like page four and then got to like the same news that we had talked about last week and i was like okay well i kind of tapped this well out a little bit so let me head to starwars.com and see what they've got going on over there uh and not a lot of news but they do have a quiz you and i have not done a quiz yet buzzfeed Mm. style quiz on this Mm. show uh, and if you'll if you'll uh, uh, if you'll allow me, Noah, to the, to do this quiz from Lego Star Wars Summer Vacation, we're gonna find out which character <laughs> <laughs> you and I are. So you've got your quiz pulled up. I've got my quiz pulled up, uh, and I thought that we could uh, take a crack at playing this game uh, together and see which. Uh, good. Yeah, we'll go back and forth and go through the questions, and yeah, this should be this should be interesting because I think it's like every probably every like couple months I'm like I see a BuzzFeed quiz pop up on like Facebook or something and I'm like "Ah, I'm not doing anything better right now I'm gonna take this one and then it's like well what about this one I'm like well that would be that would just be ridiculous let me find out you know and then you go down a rabbit hole and (laughs) you don't know who you are anymore your identity is completely shattered so let's do that let's do that here today so i I just want to make sure the first question that you've got here i just want to make sure it's the same it'd be kind of Mm -hmm. embarrassing if they were shuffled up here the first question choose your idea of a perfect vacation spot is this your first question too yes we are on the same wavelength okay excellent excellent so we have a four to choose from we've got the beach we've got the woods the mountains and a staycation now uh it's summer vacation right now i i I don't know if you well it's summer maybe not vacation but if you were to go on a vacation right now i know you just got a big move so you're probably nice and tired you maybe need to uh, unwind relax a little bit where are you headed I am always a staycation guy. It doesn't matter when, where, why, or how, but I am always a staycation guy. If I can, you know, if I can choose what I get to do for one day out of like, you know, a week or half a week or whatever, and it's just like, well, today I'm just going to play some Minecraft or today I'm going to like 
I don't know, paint the bedroom or something like that. That's like my idea of like, oh my gosh, I get to relax and do these things that I want to do at home. Mm -hmm. I'm not an itinerary guy. I'm not a travel guy. That's just me. That's just me. So you're not not the Poe Dameron. Of no, the, I'm the, not. You know, if you guys saw, that's a that's a that's a deep cut reference for those of you who <laughs> saw Lego Star I'm Wars very Summer much Vacation. The Ray. <laughs> very much the Ray. You know, for me, I think it's changed for me for a couple of reasons. For one, uh, I live out in in Los Angeles, so the beach for me would not be a perfect vacation spot. Yeah. I, I live in a uh, a part of the country where I'm fortunate to be able to go to the beach, not necessarily whenever I want, but it's not it's not a big deal to go to the beach. Uh, for me, I live in Glendale, so it's like about an hour drive, uh, you know, uh, probably with traffic. Um, for for me, then uh, the the woods, the mountains, and the staycation would be the most appealing. Um, I would say I I used to be a big staycation guy. I think I could definitely use like a two or three day kind of staycation. But if I got like a week off for you know a spring break, a summer break, or something yeah. like that. I think I'm going to want to be able to travel somewhere. However, this does depend. If this is a summer break, I don't mm-hmm. know if I want to go to the woods. I like I would like to be maybe a little colder in the woods, you know? Yes. I've got like that, my That implies camping. Right. Yes, that implies exactly. summer camping, which yes. is the worst kind of camping. Yeah. I don't want uh, mosquitoes and I'm sweating and it's hot and I'm and uncomfortable all night. And, yeah. Thanks no, a lot thank the you. Midwest. No, thank you. So the woods, I think, would be nice, uh, you know, to go up to to uh, Yosemite or something like that. But the mountains, though. I think the mountains would be really interesting. I'm thinking like kind of like a Colorado Absolutely. or like an Alaska or um, even still like in, in, in Northern California. So for me, I'm going I'm going the mountains and you're that's, you're stuck with the staycation. That okay. is a good pick, though, because that I've, I've spent a summer in Colorado and absolutely gorgeous what a wonderful time gorge gorge uh noah question number two what do you like to do for fun uh spend time with friends you can read a book enjoy some music or relax in nature unfortunately uh make a podcast is not is not (laughs) one of the options that we have here adjacently uh spend time with friends fits into that Mm -hmm. um but my general idea of fun uh, I'm not an, I'm not entirely a nature guy. I kind of am a nature guy, but I get picky yeah. about things. I hate bugs like so much. I hate bugs so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so nature is never really relaxing for me. Sure. Um, I like to enjoy music, I, which is such a vague, broad thing, but I am, you know, a musician at heart. And I think mm-hmm. my idea of like unwinding and doing something fun is being able to like, you know, look through my playlist and be like, boy, I've not... I've not like added new stuff to my playlist for a while. Yeah, I'm going yeah. to intentionally go out of my way to find some albums or find some some artists or something like that. So for me, that's it. Yeah, the enjoy some music for me. I don't know if I do that like in leisure time. Um, uh, another side effect of, of living in California, driving a lot. There's a lot of traffic. <laughs> so uh, in a 30 minute drive could turn into an hour and a half drive. Uh, and during that time, I like to listen to podcasts. Uh, and I also like to listen to music. Um, I'm right now in a place of like, 
it depends on my mood, you know, maybe sometime yeah. I like to listen to some old favorites and then, uh, I've got some, um, other playlists or like you said, albums or something or so. And so I've got a new, new record out. Want to check that out. Um, or just kind of shuffling just new music in general, not even like focused to a genre that can be kind of nice. Cause then you can kind of get a nice, uh, kind of variety pack of, of music there. So I don't really think I wouldn't say that I enjoy music for fun. I think I listen to music a lot, but it's yeah. not it's not the primary activity. It usually right. it usually also corresponds with another thing. I wish I could say read a book, uh, but if I'm being <laughs> honest with myself, I don't do that as much. Uh, and that relates to the other one, relax in nature. I like to read when I'm out in nature, out at a park or something, or even just sitting outside and reading. Um, that's something that I kind of want to do more. I need to read more. Um, I wish I, I could read in general. So I mean, you've got you've got a one up on me already there. <laughs> um, I do have a lot of like comic books downloaded on my phone um, that I, I read from time to time, either there on my on my iPad or whatever. Um, but I definitely want to read more. That was actually one of like I'm not a New Year's resolution guy, but I had like a list of things I just wanted to like try to improve on over the year. That was something. It was like read more books. Right now, I'm not joking. I'm in the middle of reading like three different books, and I haven't touched either of them in weeks. And that's something I. I, uh, one of my least favorite parts of myself, but I just, I need to be better at that. Um, I already mentioned some of it, relax in nature. I love going out into nature right now. I think I'm just not leaning towards this one because it's so ungodly hot outside. <laughs> the, the idea of like going outside for any reason sounds completely, uh, uh, horrible, uh, right now it's like 97 degrees outside and it, it sucks. Uh, but, uh, I do like taking a nice hike, taking a nice stroll, going to the beach, going to the park, something like that. But I think the one that year round 365, I love spending time with friends, uh, whether going to see a movie, did that the other, literally the other day, um, hung out with friends, go out to a bar, uh, go to a concert, anything like that. To be honest, reading a book, enjoying music or relaxing in nature, I'd rather do with friends. So I'm going to say spend time with friends. And that takes us to our question oh, number so you're, three. You're the Finn. You're the Finn in this. Scenario, I would be the Finn of the group, yes. which honestly, uh, that's I'd say that's pretty fitting. Uh, pretty that, pretty that fitting. I <laughs> 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 uh, love. It reminds me of that uh, great Rise of Skywalker quote where uh, Ray says that she's going alone, and he's like alone with friends. Like that's yes. that's that's me to a T. Uh, brings us to question number three. Uh, what Star Wars character would be your ideal travel companion? Speaking of uh, of Star Wars characters on our vacation here, uh, we've got the stoic silent Chewbacca uh, but still a great co-pilot nonetheless uh, Darth Vader uh, if you like a little danger in your life uh, Figrin Dan on the one and twos uh, <laughs> and then Poe Dameron um, yeah it's it's kind of slim pickings here out of these four of them we've got quite a, an eclectic group here uh, you could also play uh, F. Mary Kill if you wanted to with these <laughs> yeah, absolutely and I, I would immediately have an answer so that you know 100% 100% one of these things is not like the other <laughs> that's for that's for sure that's for sure. Um, uh, I don't know. This is a, this is like having a really specific pool is difficult, you know, because m my gravitation is like, oh, figuring Dan is like, you know, the kooky, you know, selection here. But what if, like, we don't know what he's like. What if he's like, a jerk musician who thinks he's like hot <laughs> shit. He's like the yeah. Chad Kruger of Star Wars. Well, he's also the, he's the, he's the front man. It's right. Figure Dan and the modal nodes. You're not, you're not, you know, traveling with one of the modal nodes. If, if you were, I think that may, might be a little more pleasant. He might have like lead singer, lead guitarist kind of energy. He might be right. kind of an ass. He's like a jerk just the whole time. So yeah. I have to count him out. Um, 
my gut says Chewbacca because he is the, he is the co-pilot type, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and not not to box him into any specific personality, but um, well, let me ask you this before you okay, continue. Yeah. In, in this scenario, are are we Han? Meaning, like, can we understand Chewbacca, or is he the? Are we the Finn in this situation where we can't we can't understand what he's saying? So, uh, are are we making a group decision here? Can we understand what Chewbacca is saying? I would say yes, okay. um, because this is because this is lighthearted Lego rules, you know. True. Um, but I will say there, you're saying there's subtitles for him. Exactly. <laughs> just, yeah. just right under yeah. him. <laughs> um, I would say my choice would be Poe Dameron because. What a suave man! What a cool guy to hang out with. So, so no, no commentary on Darth Vader. Is that is does it kind of speak for itself? I don't. I don't think that Darth Vader is any kind of companion at all. Yeah. he's not the companion type. It just doesn't. It doesn't fit. I don't know. Yeah, I um, mean, I, I'm thinking like if we're on a road trip unless or you something, like kissing ass. I don't know. <laughs> you're like, hey man, you're really cool, man. Like yeah. just the whole time, you're like looking up to him. Yeah, that's the thing is like uh, when I say like, here like travel companion, I'm thinking like either road trip or backpacking yes. or something like that. Invader, I feel like we're only going to be doing what he wants to do. He's picking the music the entire ride. We're not making like a joint Ugh. playlist. I don't know about you, road trips. I'm a big joint playlist guy. Like Absolutely. let's let's both come together and just create a vibe uh i think chewbacca would be down for that figuring dan i think he would slide his own music into there <laughs> man one of those guys <laughs> He'd be like, uh, oh, how did this end up in here uh we, we know one of those guys don't yes. we <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm gonna yeah keep that one to myself uh but yeah uh, chewbacca if i can understand what he's saying um i think i think that that's a really good choice i'm a conversationalist at heart um, and if I don't think that I did understand Chewbacca, I think that would be tough. But I, I, I have to think that Chewie's got great stories. He's super old. Oh, for you sure. know, he's got some talking about some scrapes that him and Han have gotten in together. Um, I think Poe, he might he, he he might get us into a little trouble. You know, that's what I'm hoping for, though. Uh, you're looking for a little trouble on your he's, vacation. He's always he's the kind of guy to always keep things interesting. But also he's the kind of guy to, that, that always like. Makes the best out of a bad situation. That's kind of how, yeah. I, how I see Poe. I see Poe being also like, you could be, he's one of those guys that you could be doing anything. It doesn't matter how boring or bad it is. You're going to have a good time with him. Absolutely. Like he's going he's gonna to make it fun. So uh, you're, you're deciding on Poe Dameron and it's, yes. uh, it sounds like I'm landing more on Chewbacca. I, I think that that's fair. I think that that makes sense. Okay. Brings us to question number four. Choose a preferred mode of transportation. So you and I were talking about our road trip. What are we, what is getting us from A to B or A to B to C to D to E, however right. road trips work. Uh, we've got number one, a station wagon uh, to a cruise ship, three plane and four, a private yacht. I don't know about this. This is a weird selection. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're all like different forms of, of, of travel aside from the cruise ship and the private yacht, which to me, I think I'm like, that's, you know, that's right. That's, that's so, that's so synonymous. Like the, I don't, I don't know if you would get one without the other. I don't know. What do you think? Right. I, so here's my thought. Uh, first and foremost, I'm not a plane guy. I'm not a, I'm, I'm not somebody that flies. Yeah. I that's really, out of here. Yeah. Really hate it. Yeah. But also if I'm thinking about vacations, one of the things that I hate the most is like, having to fly to a destination because it just makes me feel so much less like I'm taking a trip and more that I'm a sheep. And like the road trip is part of, is, is like part of the vacation. 
in yeah. my opinion, because we never flew growing up. Um, we like rarely, rarely ever flew maybe once or twice mm-hmm. by, by the time I was like 15 years old. And so for me, it was always like road trips to Florida, road trips to Colorado, road trip to New York, that, that, that type of thing. And that to me is like part of the fun. You make time for a road trip, you get all your snacks, you get, you know, your Game Boy Advance and your, and your DS, you know, depending on what What color did you have? You're, you were an SP man, I assume. Yes, I was. And I had a, I had a red Game Boy Advance. You seem like a red one. Yes, son of a bitch. I was a Well, my brother had a silver one and I was always like, (laughs) of course he did. (laughs) I bet, did did he put stickers on him, on his? He seems like a sticker kind of guy. No, no, neither of us really did stickers, but I remember when we got DSs, I also got a red DS and he got a blue one. Um, so anyways, gotcha. that to me is like, and, and I used to like, I used to spend time drawing in the car and like, I would keep all my car drawings in like a separate binder. So for me, I got to go station wagon, even though that's a really weird and outdated way of saying drive a car. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me uh, with planes, I'll, I, I, I fly planes. Uh, not personally, I'm not a pilot, <laughs> but, uh, I, I have flown many a times. Uh, it's, uh, especially living so far away when I go home for the holidays, I'm not driving. It's 60 hour round trip. That's right. My car would explode. But, um, <laughs> the, so plane is t- t- plane is like a means to an end for me. I yes. don't like flying. It's not cause I'm scared. Uh, it has nothing to do I with am. fear. I, no, yeah. I am. I'm not, it's I'm a, not it's even a fear gonna... thing for me. Absolutely. For you, for me, it's like I'm uncomfortable. The seats are never quite right. I can't really fall. I have a tough time falling asleep on planes. Not because like, it's not the actual act of going to sleep. It's like, I can't get orientated right. And I, if I do fall asleep, it's not for like super long because I mean, I can sleep anywhere. I used to sleep a lot, like in classes in high school, I was always really good at that. (laughs) So it's not that kind of thing. It's like, I got to like do this weird kind of, you know, Pilates yoga situation. You kind of stretch bend. your legs all the way down onto the thing and your it's back is like at a 90 degree angle. Yeah. I I'd also hate airports because I feel so like, uh, I'm so like nervous and I just, I feel like my stuff's going to get forgot. Planes, there's nothing I enjoy about flying. I've also never flown like first class or anything. So maybe that could change. Right. Uh, but for me, not pleasant. I've never been on a private yacht. Um, I don't know what that would be all about, but for me, like... That would be a weird, that would be the thing. Same thing with a yes. cruise ship. Like, yeah, you can take cruises to locations, but you're mostly just get there and you might do like a couple excursions or something like that. A private yacht, seem, that, that, that doesn't seem like transportation in the sense that it's taking you to a, lo- a destination. That just kind of seems like that's the thing. Maybe right. that's just speaking to my to my <laughs> tax bracket there. We don't that, know anything about private yeah, yachts, Yeah, I, I couldn't possibly under like fathom taking a private yacht to like, you know, a, a private island or something like that. Uh, but for me, yeah, I'm right there with Station Wagon. Uh, again, maybe showing my, my income a little bit. But yeah, I'm a, a big fan of uh, road trips, planning things things along the way to, to stop and go see that. Yeah. That's something I really enjoyed when I did originally drive out here to California. So yeah, I'm, I'm uh, in step with you for station wagon for number four. Number five, this is a pretty simple one. Doesn't really have a lot of explanation. Uh, <laughs> we've got a great picture on this uh, slide, though, with uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, singing karaoke. Uh, we've got, uh, what is your favorite color for question number five? <laughs> um, 
I've known you for a while. I don't actually think I know what your favorite color is. Uh, the options that we have here, uh, quite controversially, are blue, yellow, red, and orange. Uh, so we've got three primary colors and then another one. <laughs> <laughs> and then the fourth one. And then orange. Um, yeah. I, th- I mean, again, like you said, simple question. Uh, for me, my favorite colors have always been like in the Navy range. Mm-hmm. Like uh, not, not like the armed forces. I mean, like colors with navy tones like an olive green or a navy blue but for me by far and away red but in the more crimson maroon type area gotcha that's that's my favorite color despite the fact that i have never owned a vehicle that is not red um i'm not a big (laughs) fan of the color red um it's just not it's just you're wearing a red shirt as we speak my guy I just got off of work and I just showered. So this is a PJ shirt. Okay. okay fair enough. Yeah. This isn't like my primary fashion statement. Um, I do like maroon. Maroon is a nice color for me. If we're getting like really hyper specific, my favorite color, but like specific color, I uh-huh. love emerald green. I think emerald yes. green is a really pretty color, but generally speaking, blue is my favorite color. I'm a, okay. I'm a, I'm a blue guy. So that was, a, that was a pretty easy one right there. Pretty easy. Pretty easy. Uh, number six, how would you describe yourself? Uh, outgoing, shy, charismatic, and or friendly. Um, this one for me, I was actually just recently having a conversation about this, about how like I was very, very different a long time ago and kind mm-hmm. of settled into a like more solid version of myself. Yeah. Uh, and, and Rachel and I were talking about like, what's the first impression that you give somebody mm-hmm. um, if they had to like sum you up in one word? And a lot of times for some people, it's just, oh, they're nice, you know, yeah. or something like that. And I hate, I hate being the person that like is just like oh yeah they're they're nice you know they're an okay person um i would say for myself that i wish i feel like i am charismatic in my own way but i know Mm -hmm. that i'm not um and i'm not outgoing at all um i would say that i'm mostly just friendly that's which sucks because that sounds so boring and i hate it interesting Um, so i'd say friendly that's Hmm. that's it what do you think, do you disagree? I do disagree. I think you and I could uh, have a separate conversation, but I feel like you're a, a charismatic, pretty outgoing guy. I think you talk to most people. I guess I haven't seen you in many situations as far as like you. I mean, how could I? But like you independent from like people that, you know, and like with strangers, <laughs> you know? Me, you yeah. Yeah. With uh, like a big telephoto lens. Yes. Um, I'm definitely not shy. Um, have no problem talking to people. I think it definitely depends on the situation that I'm in. If I'm at work, I think I'm a friendly person, but I also right. think I'm kind of like, if like if at work are like super busy or something like talking to customers, I'd maybe I'm a little bit more like cut to the chase kind of person. Uh-huh. Um, I think out of these, I think I can be outgoing, but I'm not usually like life of the party kind of guy. Right. I'm the kind of guy that if you talk to me, I'm totally going to like listen and, you know, enjoy the conversation with you. Um, I'm the kind of I'm the kind of person that like you've ever been like with a group of people and like you start talking and then like people stop paying attention. But there's that one person that's like make eye contact with you and is like yes. listening. I'm that guy that's listening. <laughs> um, so I think charismatic or friendly. Uh, would probably be one of the two of those. I'm going to say uh, charismatic maybe a little bit more than friendly for me. Because I, I, I think, think friendly, so. it kind of depends. It, it depends. I think so as well, because I've seen you on the spot a lot. Um, and I feel like not a lot of people, not a lot of people can jump into an energy 
Um, but you have that ability as, as a quote unquote charismatic person, you're not like over the top, like some people that we know, sure. but you have the ability to jump into an energetic situation and not make the place a, you know, a cemetery with like <laughs> when you, when you walk into a room or whatever. I know? appreciate it. Um, are you, are you, <laughs> are you sticking with friendly or I'll, did, I'll I, did I persuade friendly. you? Okay. I'll stick with friendly because that's something that I have been told is that like, on the outside, I can kind of just get along with anybody mm-hmm. if I need to, you know, and then I'll make my judgments later, you know? Yeah. I, 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 I think you should give yourself a little more credit. Not that, not to change your answer. <laughs> Friendly totally works, but I, I think you're, you're a man of charisma. I'll take I, that to heart. I, I think you're, I think your friends would agree with you. So, uh, <laughs> this is a funny one. What level of SPF is your sunscreen? Uh, we've got oh, five, word. <laughs> 30, 50 and 100. Um, you said that you're not a very outdoorsy person. So I would imagine, uh, you, you're, you're, you're probably not on the super tan side. Not uh, really, so which yeah. one are you picking here? Well, I, my gut says to go with five because, uh, it's the lowest, but Actually, something about me is when I do go out, I used to go to the beach all the time in Chicago, um, and I like refused to wear sunscreen because I really don't get burnt that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, my skin is not very sensitive, uh, so I like refuse to wear sunscreen most of the time. Um, so I'm gonna go with five. That's that's an easy one right there. For me, it's not even just a tan thing, man. You don't want to get those harmful rays. You also don't want to age poorly. Um, hey man, fi- I'm aging great. I'm aging great. <laughs> uh, five is a little low for me. Um, 30 is also a little high. I would say I'm in like the 20 or so range. Uh, I want to get a nice, nice bronze there, but, uh, yeah, 50 and a hundred. That's, uh, I mean, they have Palpatine <laughs> on this picture. I think that's supposed to be kind of a joke. So I'm going to pick 30 cause, uh, five, five's a little, I mean, it's a nice Goldie, uh, Goldilocks kind of number there. Yes, so I'm yeah, picking fair 30. Enough. Fair enough. Brings us to question number eight. Choose one must-have item to pack for your trip. You got a bathing suit, a hat, sandals, or an accordion. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> well, well I, yeah, I think the accordion is uh, a, a tip of the hat, a tip of the old hat to yes, uh, Mr. Weird Al, who is a, a voice actor in this here Lego special. Yeah, it's a little bit of a strange one, though, just knowing that it's like you could you could just say like, a musical instrument or something. Um, nobody's picking accordion. Nobody's picking accordion. What are they? What are they thinking? Uh, but for me, this one's easy as well. Um, I don't go anywhere without my my uh, signature navy blue palm tree hat. Yes, uh, that is absolutely a must have. I will. I'll buy sandals. I'll buy a bathing suit when I get there if I like, yeah. have forgotten to pack it. Buy a care. hat. But that's, buy a hat? That, no who's, way. Who's buying a hat? Come on. Not not this guy. I this hat is this hat has been through thick and thin with me, and it goes <laughs> it goes where I go. So. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I have a lot of hair under the hat that I'm currently wearing right now, not to, to show my cards here at all, but um, I don't own a pair of sandals. Uh, I have like, really? well, uh, okay, I do own sandals, I guess. I don't own flip-flops. Uh, I'm not a flip-flop guy. Um, I do have some, uh, uh, some like the, the hiking like ones. Slides, with, right? No, 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 like the hiking oh. ones. Like they have like the Velcro oh, strap on yeah, them. Yeah. Um, I think they're called Tevas or Tevas. Um, yes. I, do, I do have a pair of those. So I do like my sandals sandals but i'm not wearing them all the time uh accordion no thanks I, I, I don't even play a musical instrument bathing suit not a necessity um unless you know obviously going to a beach or something like that but we've already decided that that's not my go-to travel location hat yeah. though 
Um, do I want to get up every single day on vacation and do my hair? Cause my hair is, I don't have the kind of hair that you can just wake up and exist. Exactly. Have, my hair has to, something has to be done to it. It has to be tamed. Uh, so some days, most days, um, I just throw on a hat and just go about my day. So I'm picking hat as well. Yeah. All right. That, that's easy enough. Number nine, choose one item. You'll leave at home. You got a beach towel, sand toys, cell phone, and a day planner. Here's the thing. I am not saying that I will bring sand toys. Uh, that's not what I am saying, but I will absolutely, like I said before, I'm not an itinerary guy. I'm yeah. leaving the day planner out of this. I'm just, it's not happening. Uh, yeah. Every trip that I go on is always, um, you know, well, we'll see what's, we'll see what we feel like doing that day. Um, that's always how I felt when I went to, uh, Sarasota for my 21st, um, when we flew in and we got there, we had like most of the day uh, after we had flown in. I sat in the hotel room. I laid in bed and I watched all three of the Bourne movies because it was on. And that was like that was like the peak, you know, day of travel experience. You know, I wasn't I wasn't like, OK, we're here. What are we getting done? Uh, I was like, OK, I'm here. And and now I'm not getting up. So for yeah. me, day planner, no question, get out of here. I think for the itinerary, it's not like, and this is just for myself on vacation, it's not like, okay, well, we have to do this thing at this certain time. I'm more of like, okay, we're in this new city. What are our kind of our options here? Where do we want to go eat? What's our kind of our activity? Something like that. Still definitely a flow, a go with the flow kind of person. If we had planned to go get Chinese and it's like, actually, I'm kind of feeling Italian. Totally. I'm not going to have like a, a nervous breakdown or something. <laughs> um, but I think the, the one for myself and it's kind of process of elimination I have never used sand toys. I've never built a sand castle before. Interesting. Um, so I think sand toys are kind of the only thing that I I don't own that I would, I guess, leave at home. Or does that mean I can't choose that one because I can't leave it at home because I don't own it? You know, am well, let's I just imagine the beach that you do have. Let's imagine you do have sand toys. Yeah. And somebody said, we're going on vacation. Hey, uh, did you remember to bring your sand toys? And you <laughs> yeah, say, that's my carry on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Cause I do have a day planner, have a cell phone, obviously. Uh, I don't, I think I own maybe like one or two beach towels. Uh, but I usually, when I go to the beach, I just kind of air dry or whatever. I don't, yeah. I, I'm not a beach towel person, but if I go to like a, a resort or something like that, they're going to have those there. But I think, yeah, sand toys. I've never, never used one. I would like to, I think they're fun. I would like to build like a mighty castle out of sand, yeah. but, um, on my vacation, probably not, probably not picking sand toys. Number 10. Which Lego Star Wars character has the best fashion sense? Okay, now this is an interesting one. To me, it's obvious, but uh, out of the choices that they have here, um, I think there are some other characters that might give them a run for their money. So number 10, we have Poe, we have Leia Organa, Emperor Palpatine, or Darth Vader. Um, I, I think it's a crying shame that they omitted Padme Amidala, as well, as well as Han Solo. Hans And, and Luke also has, has great fits, too. But um, for me, the uh, out of these four, the choice is pretty obvious for myself. What about you? I, I think that there's, um, there's one that I'd love to say, um, and then one that I know is right uh, for me. Uh, the one that I would love to say, well, I guess, okay, the one that I would love to say is Leia because she's got a lot of great fits. Mm -hmm. um, 
And kind of piggybacking on that, I think Poe as well has some good designs for outfits, but we don't see a whole lot of variety from him, Yeah, um, which is just, that's just how it is. The one that is correct is Palpatine, and mostly because <laughs> dude's, dude's more than just the Emperor, right? And his, his fashion sense as a senator, um, dude's got some really, really good looking outfits, and that's just a prequel thing. It just is. So... For me, I got to go with Palpatine, even though it's kind of a joke answer, maybe, but Darth Vader is also a joke answer. I don't know. What do you think? Okay. I'm, I, it's definitely not Vader. Vader has of course. Uh, the, the one look uh, that gets damaged from time to time, but that's about it. Um, I don't think it's Poe because Poe has multiple looks, but it's mostly like a Henley and a leather jacket. Yes. Uh, I do love his Rise of Skywalker look uh, with the scarf and everything. Looks terrific. So I don't think it's Palpatine, and here's why. Because Palpatine, when he was younger, when he was putting on kind of a face, this guise of Palpatine, he had a lot of different outfits. But once this transformation happens, he kind of just settles in and he just wears the black robes. I mean, <laughs> post Revenge of the Sith, we don't really see that guy wear much else. You I mean, do you think he changes, changes robes? Like he opens his closet and has multiple like robes, right, like, like SpongeBob, SpongeBob style. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's just like, okay, which, which black robe do I want to wear today? I don't know. I don't imagine him being like, Oh, this one stinks. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Throw this in the wash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think he's, he's the kind of guy that was on it, you know, when he was younger, but as he got older, he was just kind of like, ah, I'm wearing cargo shorts and flip flops. You know, well, he just doesn't really a, care. Here's how I see it. Right. Is I think that he's the kind of guy that has great fashion sense but is far too uh, self-conscious in his oh, uh, in his scars uh, to wear anything else. <laughs> oh, He's like, ah, oh, dang, I got to wear this black hooded robe because I hate the fact that people have to look at my hideous face. Yeah, he wants I to wish wear I, shorts, but yeah, he, he, like, he still has his collection of all of his like Senate outfits and he's just like, <sighs> trying them on in the mirror or something. And then, you know, Vader walks in or, you know, Tarkin walks in and he's like, ah, nothing. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the thought of it. Yeah. I think, I think Palpatine is, uh, especially in his later years, no, definitely needs a, a, a makeover. I think the, the black robes, they've got to go They're You know, they're so, so 1983, you know, yes. just, uh, the whole dark wizard thing. Uh, uh, he, he look, he, he, he rocks it. It's an iconic look, but, um, Dude needs a makeover. I do like the black and red robes to be able to spawn those purely from his mind. It seems that's that's a talent. That's a talent. Um, I think the obvious answer for me is Leia. I love Leia's different outfits uh, throughout all of her age and, and career. We see her wearing gorgeous different outfits. One of the the big reasons why I uh, am a, a proprietor of Leia Funko Pops, like we talked about last week. Um, I love the different Leia looks. So for me, I'm picking a Princess Leia Organa. Or I, uh, I was gonna say I was uh, perusing Target the other day, and they mm -hmm. had um, it was either Target or Meyer, but they had um, quite a few uh, Empire Strikes Back Leia Funko Pops with nice. like her her dope Cloud City outfit. Love it, love it. One of my favorite Funkos for sure. Uh, which uh, gives us the final results of which Lego Star Wars Summer Vacation character we are. So Noah, who did you get? Well, uh, I am Lego Anakin. It says, <laughs> your aversion to sand is well documented, but sometimes it's unavoidable. Grab your favorite sun hat and get ready for some fun. That's it. Uh, Dang. Anakin's not a hat guy to me, but uh, 
you know <laughs> He's what? Gotta let that, that hair I'll flow. I'll take it. I guess I've literally never seen Anakin wear a hat. Uh, besides that one scene in Attack of the Clones where he's got the sun hat. He did. Uh, he does like red though. You know that's that's big. That's uh, true. Yeah, yeah. That's the, and he's got he's got some good looks. Let's not forget that poncho that he's wearing in Attack of the Clones. Oh, good, good poncho. Great poncho. Um, for me, Garrett. I'm very happy with the choice that I got, or the what it what kind of labeled on me. Uh, I got Lego Leia Organa, uh, which is great. Uh, Leia is one of my favorite Star Wars character. It says you're a gifted storyteller uh, who always seems to know the diplomatic way to get your message across. I think that's pretty on brand. Uh, that was pretty fun, Noah. I don't know if uh, StarWars.com uh, has a lot of these quizzes, but if we have any other slow news weeks, it looks like we can fill about 36 minutes of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we really squeezed this one out. Out. squeezed uh, it yes sir I'll, I'll tell you i'll tell you this much there are other quizzes on starwars.com uh one for example which obi-wan kenobi are you uh so there's that uh or which star wars character is most like your mom <laughs> so uh we'll be visiting this uh we'll be visiting this this pretty soon i'm thinking because there are so many of them there's a halloween one yes if we don't, uh, I am going to take the Your Mom quiz uh, off camera. So <laughs> That's great. That's terrific. Yeah, these are really fun. Uh, we're definitely going to be doing the Halloween one because uh, that's uh, right around the corner, and I am very excited. Uh, but, Noah, that is enough of that, enough fun, enough games. We've got some hard-hitting news to get to here. <laughs> uh, during Star Wars Celebration, uh, John Favreau and Dave Filoni spoke briefly with Entertainment Weekly, uh, and they talked about their roles in Star Wars and uh, kind of what gets them excited about the galaxy far, far away and kind of the duty that they feel um, as storytellers here. Um, so, Noah, I have included uh, the the link for this in the show notes here. Um, I'll give you a second to kind of peruse some of this and give you... Um, Give you an opportunity to make some, uh, to make uh, some some thoughts, form some opinions about uh, what Dave and John had said here. Uh, but yeah, this is a bit of an older interview. Uh, is there any big takeaways that you have here? Kind of what are your uh, what are your thoughts? I think that you know we obviously loving you know the direction that Star Wars has been taken in a lot of different facets. Um, we love listening to people like Dave Filoni talk about what Star Wars means to them. Um, and it's one of the things that, that makes, I think it makes the fan interaction that much more tangible is that Dave Filoni is such a fan and is in a position where he can provide for other fans, uh, in a way that they want to see, um, just kind of reading through some of the things that were, that were said, um, talking about how things are becoming a little bit different and expanding a little bit. This is an idea that we talked about not too long ago is, you know, how far can we expand and how much can we encapsulate in what it means to to be a part of Star Wars in terms of tone? We talked a lot about that. And mm -hmm. um, that's just exciting to hear someone like Dave Filoni um, kind of reaffirm is that it can Star Wars can be, like he says, a flexible galaxy. Yeah. Um, that's that's something that I love to hear because something that we hope for as maybe the Star Wars fans that are, that are maybe a little bit more quiet <laughs> in terms of uh, the things that we want from yeah. the creators at Lucasfilm, um, not as loud as, as some voices out there. Um, so hopefully we get a little bit more, uh, we get a little bit more of the fan base on this idea of 
let's be flexible with Star Wars. Let's push the boundaries a little bit. Let's let's test the limits, so to speak. So very reaffirming to hear Dave Filoni say, you know, essentially something to that effect. And I know we talked a little bit about um, uh, a certain YouTube channel's reaction to some of his ideas when it yeah. comes to Star Wars and some of some of his thoughts yeah. uh, on themes and such. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's funny. It's funny because people idolize people like John Favreau and Dave Filoni, uh, mm. but they don't realize that they're, they are, you know, more dedicated fans than them. Uh, so good to hear from these fellas. That's, that's what I got to say. Yeah. There's a, a lot of, uh, uh, thoughts and perspective about a, a, a few different corners in star Wars. Um, I think the one to me, uh, like you had said as well is the, something that, that stands out for myself is, is talking about kind of this flexibility and tone. It also makes me think it kind of made the rounds a little bit. It didn't make as big of a splash as I was, I was kind of wincing for, I was like, Oh God, this is going to be ugly. But I don't know if you saw Mark Ruffalo did an interview recently where he had just kind of said that, Marvel has an advantage as opposed to Star Wars because when you go see a project, it just feels like Star Wars. Like it feels like the same kind of tone to whereas Marvel feels like so many different things. And there was a part of me that I was like, yeah, but no, like I don't right. expect, I don't expect Ruffalo to be in the know on a lot of that kind of stuff, but even just books alone, like you can't read lost stars and then tell me that that has like a similar tone to master and apprentice or Lords of the Sith or Darth Plagueis or anything like those all three have like very different tones and ideas there. Um, but even in the television shows, star Wars rebels does not have the same tone as the book of Boba Fett or the Mandalorian. Uh, I get what he's saying as far as the movies, because the movies do have a very similar tone, but even amongst the movies, Phantom Menace doesn't have really the same tone as, uh, you know, Empire Strikes Back. Like, those movies are, are quite different. But then also, I'm kind of like, yeah, it feels like Star Wars. It's all taking place within the same universe. Marvel has existed for a very long time, and you are able to because of different characters with different power sets. Something like Silver Surfer is going to have quite a different tone to it than opposed to something like a Winter Soldier comic or something. Um, yes. Just because of the, the realms within which they play but also a Fantastic Four comic and a Doctor Strange comic might have a similar kind of tone because they're both able to play with kind of this hyper sci-fi kind of uh, reality out there. Uh, Doctor Strange obviously is, is going towards the, the more of the fantastical side, but as far as, you know, even looking at some of the old like Jack Kirby art or something uh, or, or some old uh, Steve Ditko kind of stuff, they do have this pulpy, zany kind of sci-fi roots, which I think a lot of Marvel um is 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 uh definitely inspired by but then i also was kind of like and this isn't a marvel podcast so i won't get into it too much but i was just kind of like mark i think you're giving your movies a little bit too much credit bud like a lot yeah. of those mcu movies do feel kind of the same miss <laughs> marvel is the is the one thing that's felt different out of almost yeah. everything in phase four and it's because it has a sure. much different tone and it's very it's it's somewhat abrasive for people that are still obsessed with marvel and are like whoa wait a minute what is yeah. this this isn't this isn't what i'm used to this is a different flavor pancake you know yeah there, there are things that are definitely um before people come at me and be like oh you really think you know the first avenger has a similar tone as black panther i definitely think that they're different but i think just as as, as 
simply boil down to the uh, we're kind of getting on a tangent here, which I think is fine because I think it's related. But even as the simple kind of filmmaking style of things, look at the reaction that people had when Multiverse of Madness came out uh, and like the, the Sam Raimi isms that were in that movie. People a lot of not everybody, but a lot of people didn't really uh, uh, think that that fit within the MCU kind of. Uh, a precedent that had been established, meaning that there is a precedent and there yes. is kind of this box that these movies and these stories kind of have to play within. I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. I think it can be a bad thing, but I think Star Wars is an example of where this has been done well. Um, and to, to kind of continue on to what Dave Filoni is talking about here, and it'll even kind of lend into the conversation that you and I are going to have later, I think that there are tenets that Star Wars preaches there are themes and ideas that are found within star wars dave filoni talks about here to kind of get back to the entertainment weekly story uh and i'm just going to re read this quote and kind of talk about here because this is one of the pillars i would say of star wars that with regardless of tone or whatever has to be in a story for it to feel like star wars beyond just the ships have to feel used you know there has to be uh, a blaster lightsaber action it's like no to me this is the core of what Star Wars is and if the story doesn't have this I think that there's an issue so he says uh, you know again Star Wars is something that ultimately should make people feel happy it should make you feel good it should be uplifting that's what I felt in that hall uh, referring to Star Wars Celebration uh, he says when people are approaching or appreciating everyone and I know that's something so important to the DNA of these things when you think of what you left the original Star Wars and New Hope the theater people were cheering at the end people felt great uh, and at a time when you could argue Things weren't that great outside. Um, so I think it's uh, so important to give people that positive feeling that happens through these characters, uh, this acknowledgement of these actors who are people that basically come together and basically say, thank you. I mean, that's all I hear from uh, all I hear all weekend. If I run into people is thank you. Thank you for that. Meaning like him meeting fans, people to say thank you and feel appreciative of of the work that they've of, that they've created here. And I think even I, I think when people we hear this i think it just means every star wars story has to be light and fluffy and cotton candy which i do not think that that's what david filoni is saying here um he himself has been the creator of a lot of star wars stories that don't make you feel light and fluffy <laughs> and if some of the quotes are be to believed uh this tales of the jedi story that he's this short uh, series that he's a uh, limited series that he's uh creating here is apparently going to be pretty bleak and is going to have a lot of dark moments. But I think you look towards something like Revenge of the Sith, for example. Yes, a very upsetting movie. Yes, a lot of scary, dark things happen in that, as does with uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. But look at the way that Revenge of the Sith ends. That movie ends on hope. And that movie ends with looking towards the Twin Suns, which is a very literal kind of visual representation of looking towards hope. So... Yeah, for me, I, I think although that you can have different tones of Star Wars, I think those positive kind of uplifting messages are something that has to be there. Star Wars, to my for, uh, for myself, is not a pessimistic series. Right. Yeah, that's that's something. And again, reminding me of you know all the different ways that people enjoy Star Wars and you know and whatnot. I think that most people that that really have a fleshed out opinion of things will say that you know their favorites in you know, in each trilogy, um, are the ones that don't end on, you know, they don't end with everything working out exactly how you'd want them to. Sure. There's a lot of conflict. There's struggle. Empire Strikes Back is, you know, 
for for better or worse, you know, in in the eyes of most people, is the best Star mm-hmm. Wars movie. Okay, mm-hmm. and we all know that the appeal of a movie like that is that it doesn't end well for everybody, but it ends with that hope, like you said, with Revenge of the Sith as well. Totally. Um, so saying that that is the thing that ties, you know, all of Star Wars together, that it, that doesn't mean that we have to enjoy Star Wars the same way. It can it can be a lot of different things. Um, but like you said, kind of having that that through line, um, the connective thread between everything um, keeps it all in one, you know, kind of feeling you le- you leave the theater with that feeling. But like you were saying, kind of with the the styles of, of making other movies, and we're talking about the MCU because it's the biggest comparison. Um, a lot of, you know, when you get when you get towards the end of the movie, everything kind of feels the same. And, uh, and I, I think that Star Wars is very unique in that, that, you know, I can say that a lot of, you know, a lot of the movies make me feel a different way, but mm-hmm. there is, there is a through line. There is a connective kind of theme there. So, um, you know, it's something to think about when we get into a lot of these very different series, which will be interesting, sure. um, you know, heading, heading, uh, towards Andor coming up very, very soon. Um, you know, are we going to be able to see the hope, the light at the end of the tunnel? Eventually, yeah, I think so. Um, is it going to look very different initially? Yeah, I hope so. So mm-hmm. it's one of those things that that is, again, flexible is a good word that, yeah. that Dave Loney uses um, in terms of how how we're going to be seeing the galaxy kind of in this new streaming era, I guess, you know? Yeah, and in this new era, kind of like in light of that, Filoni had talked in this interview about um, his experience working in George and kind of the responsibility that he feels. Uh, he even says that he kind of relates it to the Jedi experience and passing on what you've learned. Uh, he says, uh, honestly, that's my biggest responsibility now to try to explain to people what George explained to me about why this all works, why it's different and unique from any other fantasy series or fiction out there. George lent uh, it at a unique point of view, and it's something that we have to take care of and work on to try to improve again and again and again. So I also really agree with that perspective here as far as the legacy of star wars uh it's something that is is so unique in the storytelling is that there is this heritage uh not only in regards to the fans but the creators themselves uh people that grew up watching star wars and are now the caretakers of this very brand uh that they can continue to kind of um usher along here uh into the future um so yeah this interview from entertainment weekly uh there's a lot of uh, really interesting perspectives here uh there's some great insight onto the kind of the connective power of star wars especially in kind of the the pandemic age the uniqueness of having shows come out on disney plus at the same time that people could watch together i definitely have my own feelings about like maybe the exact time that it comes out i think it would be so fun to have that kind of game of thrones appointment viewing with star wars a different conversation for another day uh but yeah if you guys want to check this out um be sure to uh, go to entertainment weekly it's a great interview uh, a lot of great insight here uh from john and dave uh, but no, moving on from there, Lucasfilm Games will be appearing at Disney's D23's Games Showcase. Uh, they will spotlight Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga, among a lot of other different titles that were released uh, via a press release as well as a sizzle reel. 
Um, among the other games shown is Disney's Mirrorverse, uh, Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, Aliens Dark Descent, Marvel's Midnight Suns, Disney Dreamlight Valley, Marvel Snap, Disney Speedstorm, and of course, yes, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Um, Noah, it seems like there are a lot of different kind of cooks in the kitchen involved in, in the kind of the releasing of some of the other games, a lot of different companies and, and IP coming together to have this big showcase. Um, before we get into kind of the what we expect to see from Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga specifically, do you expect to see a big showing from Lucasfilm Games? Do you expect to see any other announcements or do you think that Lego Star Wars is kind of uh, most of what we're going to be seeing um, come uh, Disney's D23 game spotlight? Well, this is interesting because, you know, when we talk about stuff like D23, this is, you know, an investor meeting, right? This is this is for the people that are, you know, that are there to decide if they are going to if they are going to see this, you know, next year as as profitable and, you know, showcasing what's happening from then on, you know, from from that point on to the next. Um is, is a huge deal. And the, let's just, let's just put it this way. The water has been a little choppy when it comes to Lucasfilm games. Recently, we talked about it a lot, uh, not too long ago. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that there is faith in a lot of things from the, you know, fan base side of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, when it comes to an investor meeting, a Disney investor meeting where, they're showcasing everything that Disney has to offer. And Lucasfilm Games is a small slice of that. And an even smaller slice would be devoted to showcasing and, and uh, you know, announcing new projects. I don't know. I just don't see, I don't see a whole lot of juicy stuff coming from this. And I'd love to be proven wrong. I don't, I'm just not super sure. The fact that, that, Lego Star Wars is getting a showcase is concerning to me because in my opinion, I don't, I don't think that this tracks financially, but in my opinion, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga was somewhat of a dead end. Um, and it doesn't, doesn't really have the replayability that I would have hoped for. Um, it didn't immediately grab me as the best thing ever. And you know, in my mind, I, I said it, I think last week, I've not gone back to it since Mm -hmm. I finished the game. I beat the game in nearly a month and the, the update came out like a few days after I finished the game. And it was just a really frustrating, it was a frustrating experience. And I don't see, I don't see Lego star Wars as the thing that should be showcased here. Um, but it is. And that to me says, that this is a small, small slice of the pie. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Um, my thoughts are like, if you watch this, this sizzle reel, there's so much <laughs> that they're showing. Uh, I obviously just mentioned some of it, but there's Avatar, there's Marvel, there's Alien. You know, there's like a Dis- yeah. there's a bunch of Disney stuff as well as probably some other things that will be revealed. Um, so D23 is an event that we're going to be getting lots of Star Wars news. Um, it's just down the street in Anaheim. Um, so there are going to be lots of things discussed here. But if you honestly like, if we're if we're being pretty honest from what we know of star Wars projects that are coming soon, um, 
we have Star Wars Hunters, which is we've seen trailers for. We've kind of seen most of that. We, there's been demos and, and, you know, updates on that. So that's going to be delayed, which has already been delayed. Knights of the Old Republic has also been delayed. Um, there's Bit Reactor Star Wars strategy game, um, which was announced in January. So I'm not sure how far along that is. Uh, there is a Respawn Star Wars for per, uh, first-person shooter game, which was also announced earlier this year, as well as Star Wars Jedi Survivor, which was just announced a few months ago. I generally don't really think that there's that much to show from most yeah. of this. You know, uh, Star Wars Celebration seemed to be the the place where they showed what they had, which was a cinematic trailer for for Fallen Order. I don't think it's super likely that we're going to be able to see much more because I don't think that there's that much to show. I don't think it's a bad thing. Like, it's not like, oh, man, yeah. Lucasfilm Games is in trouble. It's just kind <laughs> of like, yeah, they're working on it. You know, like, what are what do we really expect to see if this is a fan event and, it, it, you know, designed to make people excited for what we're going to see? Of course, they're going to want to prioritize uh, what they do have. Yeah, sure. There might be some announcements or some things like that. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. It's just if I had to bet you know i'm not all in i'm not all in yeah. um i do think that it's it's pretty likely that in regards to lego star wars the skywalker saga we're going to be getting some dlcs um this isn't a game like like you said that i have uh, really returned to and played a lot it's not because i don't like the game i do like the game but I have lots of other games that I could play or lots of other things that could I have kind of prioritized my time with, you know, running around the galaxy and collecting kyber bricks, although I do like and I, I think there is some fun to that and some, you know, unlocking characters and all that kind of stuff. It's just not really something that I think is super pressing for me right now. It, you know, it's not gone. I'm not I'm not deleting my uh, deleting this game off of my hard drive. It's just uh, I've got some other games that I could uh, kind of uh, uh, focus a little bit more energy towards. Yeah. And that that's, you know, kind of the same way that I feel. I again, if if, if we get some massive DLC, I'll think about it. Um, my mm -hmm. hope would be that because I bought the. Uh, the deluxe edition or whatever it's called, uh, that some of those things I can just snag for free. Um, I don't see that entirely happening, but, um, you know, we'll see, we'll see. Yeah. I, I, a DLC to me, it needs to really, really be worth the money. I am not spending money on character packs. I'm not spending money on vehicle packs. That is not the kind of video game player that I am. Um, if I'm spending money on anything, it's going to be more, it's going to be more content in terms of levels, uh, and maybe some planets to explore, whatever yeah. that might be different game modes, that sort of thing. Uh, so it's really got to grab my attention. So I guess we'll see. We'll see at D23. Yeah, I mean, I don't think any of the DLCs that they've released so far have been yeah, under a paywall. I think they're all under the the season pass kind of right. thing, which which I have, and I believe you have as well, because we pre-ordered the game or yes. did the deluxe version. So, um, I don't, yeah, I don't think we should expect to see anything. I do want to ask, as far as um, what you would like to see. I know you had mentioned some other playable. Um, actual playable content beyond just some characters. Um, what would you like to see? What would get you excited? It's it's really difficult because the game is so full, right? Mm -hmm. It is packed to the brim, but there are things that it's missing. And I think that the things that it's missing are not, it's not something that you can just throw on and, mm -hmm. and say that this is now part of the game. 
if I'm thinking like in terms of, you know, levels, I would love to see, I'd love to see like some of the anthology movies, um, and some, some more fleshed out stuff for that, because I'm not going to say, Hey, we need to add the entire clone wars game in, Mm -hmm. um, that would be, that'd be a lot. Um, but maybe some of that, I understand that it's the Skywalker saga. That's of course, but you know, we've already strayed from that with the DLC. So I'd love to see some of that. I also wouldn't mind maybe some, you know, larger stuff when it comes to maybe the series updating things when it comes to that. Um, maybe an Obi-Wan showcase and Andor showcase. That would be fun. But again, I, I'm not going to boot up my PlayStation just to download the character packs. They'll be there whenever I feel like it. Um, it'd have to be something really substantial, you know? Yeah, I think as far as like the foundational kind of game elements that I would like to to see happen, um, one, I think that there are some some campaign things, like the story mode things, that it's just like the replayability is a little difficult. Um, you can't yes. replay certain moments. I don't see them being like, all right, guys, get excited for this thing we kind of left out of the game and then everybody complained about. So here it is. I don't really see, see that yeah. really being a possibility. As far as things that they could actually announce, like additions to the game that would get people excited, if they announced, as far as gameplay mechanics go, if they announced like an online capability where you could play co-op, with other people I'm i would there. be stoked i I'm would there. literally fire this game up uh, tomorrow that, i would be so yes. excited for that as far as the kind of window dressing dlc character pack kind of stuff uh, which is fun you know i i think there's definitely an appetite for that um if they added some obi-wan stuff like you said some andor stuff that would be really cool uh, i'd love to play as uh, a young leia or uh, even uh, reva that would be really cool uh damaged vader is already a part of the game but i'm um, getting like a lego obi-wan kenobi some more uh, some more variations on that would be really cool um, I think some uh, Fallen Order stuff would be awesome. Like that yeah. would be that would be really exciting if we were able to play as like a Lego Cal Kestis or something. Um, I think the obvious ones are uh, Lego uh, uh, kind of versions of the Rebels characters as well as Clone Wars. Um, having a Captain Rex uh, and some others, I think, is is a pretty obvious one. Uh, the Bad Batch is already a part of that, but um, having uh, some more Clone Wars additions is is kind of an obvious Where's one Omega? for me. Where's Omega? Where's Omega? I'm just saying. Just I'm. Also, just saying, yeah, season two, come on, come on, we need it. Uh, but yeah, Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga, no doubt, is going to be having some new content. So, whenever that does break and we get some confirmations on what we will be seeing, as well as uh, any other news from not just uh, D23 Games Showcase, but any news from D23, uh, we will be talking about it right here, uh, Friday, September 9th. So, probably the, the uh, week after that, you and I will be uh, debuting our all of our thoughts on that, no doubt, going to have uh, lots of news to come Um, we might even have like a little bit of a preview episode on what we're excited to or hope to uh, see uh, at D23 Uh, but Noah speaking of Star Wars video games uh, you and I were kind of kicking around some ideas that we had had for the the main topic of this Uh, you had said that you had some some video game thoughts that you were wanting to share and I was like well there's some video game news that we uh, have this week so we kind of combined a couple of different ideas um, all of which just kind of talking about um, something that we had 
touched on earlier is although star Wars is something that spans a bunch of different mediums and tones and, uh, uh filmmaking genres of, of, uh, you know, I guess it's more of a medium, but animation, live action, you know, uh, 3d animation, video games, books, comics, all that good stuff. What are some pillars that from video games specifically star Wars video games, uh, something that we've been experienced to for decades that we think is really important, uh, that we think should be, uh, in all of these games or things that really get us excited. So, well, yeah, there, there's yeah. a lot to be said about kind of the, you know, talking about what is coming down the pipeline of, of Star Wars video games. Um, mm-hmm. And the reason I was thinking about this, like I had said to you when we were talking about what, you know, what we might be talking about, um, I have not played Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes uh, since, let's see, probably... I want to say the last week of July. Dang. And before that, I was playing every single day. I was on it every single day. He's gone cold turkey. Gone cold turkey, and I don't even think about it at this point. Mm -hmm. And here's my thing with that. When I was playing, I was working to get to, like, the maximum player level, right? And I did. I did it. I, I got all the way to level 85, which is the maximum player level, Uh, and obviously you upgrade your characters to there as well. Um, and I, I realized that like, once you get to that, obviously the, you know, the game's not done, it's not over, but there is way, way, way more stuff to do. And it requires like three times the amount of grinding to get these things done and to, uh, you know, to be able to get all the gear to upgrade your characters and, and do all these things. And I was just like... I can't, I can't do it. I cannot do it. It is way too much. And I've been thinking a lot about it because I'm always like, well, I have like 11 unopened notifications for this game at this point on my phone where it's like, oh, your, your guild started a new raid and, you know, go try to defeat the Rancor. And so I have like 11 notifications for this game and I hate more than anything. I hate having unopened notifications on my phone. I'm not that, I'm not that kind of person. I know people that like have, you know, over 1000 unopened emails on their phone and I just can't stand it. I like want to go through their email for them and open every single one. (laughs) But with this game, I can't bring myself to open it. And I think that the reason is that as much as I love star Wars, this game does not feel like I'm actually interacting with Star Wars to me. Mm-hmm. I think that the nature of the game is like a PvP multiplayer, like online strategy role play game, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's just that, but with a Star Wars skin. And it's frustrating because when it comes to a lot of it, it's like, you know, you if you know a lot of Star Wars, this stuff is cool for you. But at a certain point, once you get to like this level cap, um, it just throws in all this stuff that's like, this is not anything that has to do with Star Wars anymore. It's just Mm -hmm. not. And so I have completely dropped off. And my thought here is like, okay, why is this not interesting to me anymore? It's not because it has anything to do with Star Wars, because I think that this game is not Star Wars enough. So what do we look for? in a Star Wars game, I think that the root of it has always been that 
us playing a Star Wars game, fans playing a Star Wars game, always comes back to you want to feel like you are in Star Wars. It's the same reason that, you know, anybody goes out of their their way to buy a lightsaber or make something to look like a lightsaber or do cosplay or, you know, again, video games are kind of the lowest tier of that, of let me spend my time being in Star Wars. And The Force Unleashed, as weird as it is and as crazy as it is, and even if you don't like it, I think that a lot of it is like, well, what if you could just do anything as a, you know, as a Jedi or a Sith in this world where, where mm-hmm. you can do all these things and, and here it is. And that's the force unleashed. And I think that that's maybe why I was not super interested in Knights of the Old Republic is that it doesn't really feel like I'm jumping into Star Wars and I'm a part of this galaxy. Right. And that's kind of the thing that I think held together Jedi Fallen Order, even though a lot of people had, you know, some minor complaints about about the game in general. I think that the the tentpole of it, the thing that held it all together was that you feel like you are in the game. You feel like you're a Jedi. You feel like mm-hmm. you're doing these things and you're experiencing this with the character. And I think that that's what people look for in Star Wars video games. And my hope is that we will, you know, we're obviously going to see even more of this uh, in Jedi Survivor, which I'm so excited for. But when it comes to something like Star Wars Squadrons, you know, this is walking a, a very fine line to me of if I had like a cockpit or like a steering wheel, you know, attachment for my PlayStation or whatever, maybe I could really immerse myself in Star Wars Squadrons. But to me, it doesn't, it doesn't really connect because it's so difficult, you know, and you have the ease of something like Lego Star Wars, where you feel like you're in the movies. Maybe you don't feel like you're a Jedi because, you know, it's a Lego, Lego world, but you feel like you're in the movies and you are more a part of that story than you would be if you're you know, gathering up with your team to to start a raid on on the freaking Rancor for the, you know, for the second time this week or whatever. And so that's that's where I'm at with games right now where, like I said, we've we've got a lot coming down the line. And even when we get to something like Star Wars Eclipse, again, we'll see what happens with that at all. Um, but that's gonna be one of those things where people are going to be drawn to the immersion and that's where video games are moving these days is the immersion so let's just say that hopefully star wars can kind of track with that and i do have high hopes for jedi survivor it's not me being like oh well if it doesn't feel like i'm a jedi then this game's no good no i i have high hopes for it because it's an established story that we've connected with but in general it's a difficult conversation to get into because we're getting a lot more that is going to kind of expand the idea of Star Wars video games, especially with something like a, st- a strategy game. What does that even look like? I don't know. Will it make me feel like I'm a part of Star Wars? I don't know. So those are my big long thoughts. I've been rambling, so I'll let you kind of respond to that if you have any thoughts. Yeah, I think the idea of like being immersed in Star Wars is interesting because it's something that it kind of 
the big answer for this as far as like what do we look for in a Star Wars game? The the lame answer is like, well, it depends. You know, like what <laughs> like what is the game? What is the 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 motivating kind of uh story kind of role that we're fulfilling in Star Wars? Is it something like Star Wars Squadrons where you're a rebel pilot or an X-wing pilot? Is it something like Jedi Survivor where you're playing this former slash you know kind of new current jedi or is it something like star wars bounty hunters to where you're playing as Django fett it, it really is this idea of okay well i want to step into the boots of whatever respective star wars character and and live on that side of things because although you can go to galaxy's edge and you can you can make your own lightsaber you still can't cut a battle droid in half with it you know to right. to pick up battlefront 2 and to be whatever Star Wars character that you want to be, and then to kind of fulfill that fantasy of being Luke Skywalker and using the Force and doing all of these wonderful, spectacular things. I think the thrill of that, you know, after watching Star Wars on screen passively as a fan, as an audience member, to get your hands on it is something that has always been an appeal of Star Wars fans since back in, you know, 83, like uh, maybe even before that. But Star Wars video games have been such a, a key part of a lot of star wars fans engagement and involvement and probably even entry points into star wars so you know before we continue this conversation i just kind of wanted to ask because i i would be curious if it does kind of color our perception of what we look for in star wars the same way that our entry points from the movies alter what we look for in star wars but what was your first kind of foray into star wars video games well i was actually about to bring it up so i'm glad that you asked because i think that I, it'd be difficult to actually like pinpoint the timeline because I know that I had both of these at a similar time. I want to say that the first one, the first like Star Wars video game probably was the Lego Star Wars, you know, the first Lego Star Wars game. Mm -hmm. um, but kind of concurrent with that, and this goes along with the, you know, what are we looking for? And in my eyes, the immersion part of it I, I've talked about it, I think, a couple times on the show. Um, I had a, like, a, a Star Wars game that you hooked up to your TV, and it was a mm -hmm. remote a remote training droid with a short little stubby lightsaber that, like, you would... The, the remote droid would track the lightsaber's movements. And it was like a Kinect. It was like a Wii or like yeah. a Kinect. And you would go through and battle all these Star Wars characters, whether it's, like you battle another Jedi for training and then the boss fight is something like Jango Fett or it's, you know, Anakin on, on Mustafar yeah. and you go through the prequel movies doing these, these things. And that was the like coolest thing ever was like having a lightsaber and standing in front of the TV screen, doing all these combos and just absolutely like wailing the crap out of general Grievous or something. Right. Yeah. And you're like, simultaneously blocking blaster bolts and you know you're making moves and whatnot and it's you know it's not as insane as something like you know i'm sure the star wars the star wars connect game had potential for what for what it was uh yeah. but certainly didn't reach that but that idea of you are standing there and you are doing the motions and you are slicing battle droids and you but are 
you know, that sort yeah. of thing. And it's also not that dissimilar from what we see even see now with like, you know, Vader Immortal or Vader something. Vader Immortal, yeah. I have not had an opportunity to play the mm-hmm. game myself, but it's kind of a similar thing of, yeah, you can press a button and you can swing Luke's lightsaber, but actually to make the movements yourself, you know, is another step towards that kind of immersion that you were talking about and feeling like, okay, this is about as close as you can get to really wielding a lightsaber. Yes. That's, that's sort of kind of the, the track that I'm, that I'm on because of where I started, like you said, kind of the first little journey into it. So outside of Lego Star Wars, that remote training game, and I wish I could remember what it was called. I know mm-hmm. I could find it in a heartbeat on Google, yeah. but uh, that game especially was like the one thing that I was like, this is what it feels like to play a Star Wars video game, to be in Star Wars. Uh, so, I mean, I know we've talked about it a little bit. Was your first, uh, Star Wars video game, Lego Star Wars as well? I think it is. Um, I'm trying to think of like rack my brain, um, and just kind of think of like, what were the consoles at that time? What did I have? I think, um, I, I, think- I played like, like, or like Star Wars Pod Racer maybe like once or twice i i didn't own it but fun i think fact, I, I didn't play it. lego pod racer until like a four like a few years ago like in college because oh, yeah. a mutual friend of the show our friend bailey downloaded it for the xbox because it was like game on, pass. for game pass and i had never played it until that point um but yeah i think lego star wars the first one was definitely the first and then um i believe i was i was kind of looking here um i we had mentioned earlier i also had a game boy and i think uh star wars the new droid army was another game that i had um as well as star wars flight of the falcon which i remember absolutely hating um (laughs) i don't know if that has also kind of colored my enjoyment of of flying in star wars it's never really been like a huge um attractor for me that's never been something i've really loved doing uh that's why i I didn't rush out and buy Lego or uh, not Lego Star Wars, but uh, Star Wars Squadrons, whereas some other people were like, this is exactly my jam. And for me, I was like, I'm so thrilled that you guys love this, but I this is not interesting to me or does not appeal to my personal interests, which is kind of what we're talking about here. Um, but beyond that, uh, I remember some family friends of ours um, had a, a Super Nintendo and I would pop over and play very briefly because of how difficult it is. Uh, but but Super Empire Strikes Back, which is in a very difficult game, like so impossibly hard. <laughs> um, I don't know what circle of hell that game was was forged in, but good God, it's difficult. <laughs> but I think in all of those games, though, and even in some of the, the later ones like um, Battlefront 2 as well as uh, uh, Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, I think it's an opportunity to just kind of involve yourself in the story. Uh, beyond that immersion, you get to control some of these some of these characters and you get to kind of make your own decisions and your own kind of uh, ideas of what you'll be able to, uh, to do with these abilities and, and with these powers. But I do really feel that, you know, ever since Knights of the Old Republic, that has been something that has really kind of changed, even though that's not a game that you and I have really had a, a big opportunity to play lots of and invest a lot of time into those. I think you'll still find that that was like really one of the first times, maybe not the first, but one of the first times that it's like, OK, you're playing this game, but you're not playing as Luke Skywalker or Obi-Wan or Anakin or, or Darth Vader or some of these like iconic Star Wars characters. You're kind of making your own adventures, making your own kind of path through this story. And I think in some of the other games that we are kind of expecting on the horizon, that trend is is still continuing. This idea of 
you've you've taken down an ATAT with uh, a snowspeeder countless times in video games. Uh, you've shot countless stormtroopers in video games. What is something else that we can offer Star Wars fans to to play here? So beyond that, I kind of wanted to get into what are kind of the tenets of Star Wars that you hope to be encapsulated in a Star Wars game beyond just, I want to be able to pew, 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 you know, like that's kind of the base level engagement for all of that. But what are some things that you kind of hope to be uh, in any Star Wars game from, you know, uh, here on out? Well, it, it is hard knowing that that, like you said, that's the baseline, right? I think the uh, when I was old enough, I was allowed to play Star Wars Battlefront Two, like the you know the original yeah. Star Wars Battlefront Two, not not Dice's yes. Star, yes. Star Wars yes. Battlefront Two. Yes. Uh, but that that to me was like you know oh my gosh this is so cool I get to you know I get to be a clone trooper I get to be whatever I get to yeah. shoot a bunch of people and uh, you know obviously immaculate game down in the you know the Hall of Fame with mm-hmm. with so many other titles. Um, but aside from that, I think that, you know, obviously Lego Star Wars taps into this a little bit, but I think that that original Star Wars Battlefront 2 did as well was that everything was a sandbox mm-hmm. of sorts. And I'm not saying that games like, you know, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is not, you know, it doesn't hit this this tenet, this, you know, this requirement of being a sandbox. Um, and I will say that Part of that is that it is very linear. It's kind of a fake open world. Um, But, you know, again, looking forward towards something like Star Wars Eclipse, if I ever end up spending money on that, if anything ever happens with that, um, has that appeal of a sandbox. The way that Star Wars Battlefront 2 even did of, you know, me and my brother are playing co-op and I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be Darth Maul and he's going to be, you know, Chewbacca or Emperor Palpatine and we're going to fight each other, you know, I guess technically you wouldn't fight Darth Maul and Emperor Palpatine, but you 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 get my point. Kind of the You can. The, you can in Star Wars Battlefront 2. In the original one? In the original Battlefront 2 game? Yes. Yeah, of course. Okay. I, I was I was misremembering. But Yeah, for um, sure. Obviously Lego Star Wars is that's the entire idea is it's a playset, yeah. you know, it's a sandbox. Um but I think when you get into something where there is action, there is activity there is you know personal stakes again if you're playing with a sibling or something um where you can create your own story apart from just being kind of guided through a story yes in some of these games you're your own character you're not playing as the titular you know the the character of the star wars whether it's luke skywalker or whatever you might want to be um but you know, when you're creating your own adventure and you're creating your own scenarios, this idea of a sandbox plays really well with what you're able to do in a game like Star Wars Battlefront 2, more so than Lego, I think, because the Lego Star Wars, you're kind of just there and you can do whatever. Darth 3PO? Yeah, hilarious, great. But, you know, being able to put the characters where you want and do what you want to do lends to this idea of contributing something to the galaxy, even mm-hmm. though you're not, but it, the idea that you're contributing something to the galaxy makes it feel like you are there mm-hmm. more, you know, I think even more so than playing as a titular character or, 
you know, replaying one of the movies or whatever it might be. So yeah. I know that's kind of, you know, it's a, a weird kind of gray area, but to me, I feel like that is something that I hope for in a Star Wars games it is kind of this idea of a sandbox, you know, and maybe Star Wars Jet or Star Wars Jedi Survivor will be a little bit more open world. Uh, we have yet to see. Uh, I think that that's, you know, kind of the concept that they're going for is a little bit less linear. Um, but, you know, I, I hope that that's something that we can mess around with and play with because to me that feels like something you can contribute to when it comes to Star Wars. Yeah, and it's something that I think, kind of going back to what I was talking about earlier, it's like it it depends, you know? It depends what the game right. is because I think that games that are maybe ambitious sounds kind of condescending but i i think the the point of a jedi fallen order is not the same point as a, a lego star wars the skywalker saga and so i think when you're playing for example battlefront 2 the the dice one or any other battlefront game or whatever and in jedi survivor or jedi fallen order something that i really loved in that game is the way that it explored the force and it was something that is quite different than something like we've seen in a force unleashed or something to where it's like yeah if you just kill a bunch of people you'll eventually get this this new <laughs> ability and now yes. you can double jump and do lightning in the air or whatever that game is about but um i think it's different than in in fallen order where there's like a story reason behind it is that cow's again connecting with the force and he's rediscovering these things that he knew uh and and as he's becoming closer and more attuned to the force he's able to um kind of, of reconnect with these abilities something that's different than like battlefront 2 to where it's like okay you just used your force push and uh, force push and now you can't use it for the next minute or, or 30 seconds or whatever it is um i get that that's different and you can't just walk around and you know completely flatten the uh <laughs> the game because you're darth vader and you're just choking everyone and throwing yes. your lightsaber every two seconds you know i understand that that game wouldn't quite be fair that's more of like a game mechanic kind of thing you can't just have these you know flashback to when anakin was released for battlefront 2 and was just a complete god just killing everyone <laughs> left and right um i think that that's quite different but as far as like future star wars games i just really am interested to see kind of the mythology and the ideology that i think star wars preaches uh, and to see how that is reflected in the game um, as far as it stands right now and the way the situation is, uh, I will I will not be playing Star Wars Eclipse um, just because of like kind of the behind the scenes controversy of what's happening. Um, uh, that's just a game that I uh, just I'm not choosing to support here. You and me um, both, pal, and literally so many other people. <laughs> yes, uh, the Blackout Star Wars Eclipse movement seems to be real, uh, and if it's going to make an actual impact on the development of the game remains to be seen, but still, um, whether it's Jedi Survivor or a Battlefront 3 or uh, whatever, you know, I think the mythology of Star Wars is something that how it's explored, I think, is, is quite fascinating. Um, and I think the mythology of a battlefront, you know, and, 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 and seeing that throughout the story and the character of Iden Versio uh, and, and, and that campaign there, I think it's easier to kind of track that when you get into the 
you know, the multiplayer online, it's, it's kind of difficult, but as far as the campaign, you know, I think that story is a star Wars story through and through this idea of personal choice and deciding what to do with your own destiny and, and not allowing the powers that be to, to dominate that and to, to choose what kind of a difference that you want to make in the galaxy. I think that that's, that's really, you know, really excellent and really, and really powerful and really moving. You know, some of my favorite Luke Skywalker moments are, are found in that game. Um, so beyond just kind of the pew pew pews and everything and feeling like you are, are, are you know, uh, doing these this kind of power fantasy thing of Star Wars, which I, I have personally always felt a game like Force Unleashed is that's the appeal. You yes. know, I think right. there is compelling characters and, and, and semi interesting story in that game. <laughs> I guess that's probably my my hottest Star Wars take is I, I don't think super highly of of Force Unleashed. I think that game mostly appeals to the power fantasy of man. What if you could pull a Star Destroyer out of the sky and you could electrocute a million stormtroopers and throw them <laughs> off a bridge? You know, like that's kind of where it ends for me. But I think as my tastes and what I look for in Star Wars uh, evolves, um, I think not only is it that that fun of Star Wars and having the the pew 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 and the action and, you know, who doesn't want to throw a lightsaber as Darth Vader, but also kind of how these core themes that I find to be true within Star Wars, how that is is personified and, and, and told throughout whatever game uh, is being shared. Yeah, that's it's again, you know, like we just talked about a little bit ago, kind of the the flexibility of Star Wars, yet the through line. Um, as you know, I, I wouldn't say that the Force Unleashed or the Force Unleashed Two is you know stellar Star Wars storytelling, but the idea there, even if it's a you know even if it's an outplayed kind of game mechanic with something like Infamous or you know even starting you know in Knights of the Old Republic, that yeah. idea of choice. It's still there, you know, maybe in the background somewhere, just a little little sprinkle of it, a little hint of it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, that's just one of the it's just one of the ideas of Star Wars. It's not it's not lost on on these, you know, video game creators, uh, aside from the people that make the movies, because all of these stories matter in terms of in terms of scope and, uh, you know, the way that these stories are told uh, reflect humanity in in such a way that we want to see those things right so i i think that's you know obviously just as important of a portion of it and will we get some great storytelling in something like star wars hunters i'm gonna say maybe not does it make it any less of a game absolutely not no way um so yeah i mean i have i've come to terms with where i'm at with you know some games like i said kind of my thoughts on um on Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, I am debating whether or not I will uninstall it uh, from my phone. I'm like leaning towards maybe I will, but we'll see. We'll see because you know what? Star Wars is about second chances, right? That's, yeah. that's what they say. Well, I think there is something to be said for Galaxy of Heroes that on the peripheral as somebody who's not played that game but knows people who play that uh, beyond just yourself as well I know some other people that play that game um, I think the appeal of, of something like that or even a Skywalker saga Lego Star Wars uh, Skywalker saga or even something like Star Wars Hunters is you're like 
yeah, I'm not playing as Luke Skywalker. Uh, I'm Kuil, and it's me and Max <laughs> Rebo, and we're flying Darth Maul's ship or yes. whatever, Star Wars Hunters. You're like, I'm two Jawas that are on top of each other, and I'm fighting a Jedi. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of silly. Uh, and I think that that is another tenet of Star Wars that I think can be lost. Star Wars, I think a lot of people is like, oh, man, it's cool. Which, yeah, it is. Star Wars is cool. But it's also deeply weird. <laughs> yes. And I, I, I like the weird Star Wars, and I think a lot of the time, of video games you're able to explore stuff like that and you can be dexter jetster and you can go on whatever crazy fun adventure that you want to go on or you can be darth vader i i like kind of the freedom that a lot of these video games um allow players to to have as far as exploring the weird and and bizarre characters that can be found uh across the entire star wars galaxy yeah and i will say uh just as a last thing uh, there is a Star Wars lightsaber battle game, Jedi training droid and uh, lightsaber on eBay for $20. Uh, I may or may not be picking that up just because I'm telling you that game rocks. That game is so good. It's so good. I can't wait uh, to hear your official review on that game, Noah. But um, until then, do you have any other final thoughts about um, Star Wars video games? Just kind of things that we look for in a game and what is the appeal of playing Star Wars uh, on the small screen? I, I have one final thought. I've been very hard on Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga, and I just said it and I'd hate to be a hypocrite, but everybody deserves a second chance. And there are some, uh, what are they called? There are some of the um, capital ships that I haven't quite uh, finished Ooh. yet since the update. So uh, maybe I'll be less hard on them and I will I'll give it a second chance. Who knows? Tune in next time to, yeah. to find out. Yeah, Star Wars is all about second chances and even in some of the video games. I, I happen to really enjoy Skywalker Saga. It's just uh, I've been I've been playing uh you know, the I've been playing the kitten robot game, man. You know, yeah, I know I got to get back to stray. It's been a little bit. Yeah, I've been preoccupied. I don't have time to explore the galaxy as, as Max Rebo and, and, you know, Jedi Luminar or whatever I decide to do, which is kind of the fun of that. But yeah, just to kind of cap up our conversation, the freedom that video games uh, kind of provide the immersion of video games beyond just Star Wars. But in any story, kind of having your own say and and what this is and also think of all the great characters that have been introduced introduced through Star Wars video games, uh, you know, Iden Versio and Cal Kestis, BD-1, all these these great Star Wars characters that we wouldn't have met uh, if it weren't for Star Wars video games. So, you know, it, it, it's a kind of a long-winded, uh, you know, way to say, you know, it depends. It depends on what the game <laughs> is. Uh, Bombad Racers, I'm not looking for the same thing as Jedi Survivor, but uh, they're still fun nonetheless. <laughs> yes, it definitely is fun. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but Noah, that about does it for our episode here. Do you want to go ahead and wrap it up and take some? Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for tuning in with us. We hope you learned something today. If there's any topics or bits of news you think we should cover, you can head over to our Twitter and shoot us a message at ScumVillainPod. But for now, this has been Scum and Villainy with Noah DeGeorge. And Garrett McDowell. And may the force be with you. We'll see you next time. See you guys.